Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new vehicles. Maybe it's a pre-owned vehicle you want. Great pre-owned inventory, plenty of it. Great deals to be had. And a fabulous service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, Philly's not going to play against the Nationals today because of the uh, Blake shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Our play-by-play call of the day, Reese Hoskins last night. There's Hoskins. And he swings and lifts one of the air. Deep left center field going back Robles at the track, at the wall, looking up. It is gone. Reese Hoskins has homered his third of the season to tie the game. 1-1 ball game as Hoskins got a pitch up in the zone. He did not miss it, and he sends it into the Phillies bullpen. And Roman Quinn proved uh, scored what proved to be the winning run. With all that speed, they beat the Nationals 3-2 last night. All right, now we're going to shift gears. We've talked about the NBA and the decision by the players to keep playing in the playoffs. Now we're going to get to the Washington Football Club and videos. Will Hobson, Washington Post, has done a brilliant job of reporting on this and sourcing it. He joins us now. Will, welcome. Great to have you back. Thanks for having me, guys. Not a fun <laughs> the word I would use, but uh, no, it's not. No, that was meant to be very, very sarcastic. <laughs> okay, right. Unbel- it's unbelievable. So, how did this story start getting out? Uh, I mean, it basically, it was a lot. You know, last year we published a uh, uh, first story about sexual harassment, allegations of widespread sexual harassment in the workplace of the um, yep. Washington NFL team. It's about six weeks ago, uh, and then. Um, I think within 48 to 72 hours, uh, my inbox and the inbox of a colleague, Liz Clark, just exploded with, um, you know, tips and, and overtures from other former employees uh, who wanted to talk to us about their experiences. Um, so we got another colleague, uh, Beth Reinhardt, an investigative reporter involved, and went from there. Okay. Uh, there's also been some people that have disputed this along the way. How credible are the disputes uh, in terms of disputing some of the details in this? How credible are they in your opinion, if at all? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I can't really offer opinion here, but I can, I can just say in terms of, you know, I think there's two major components of the story that Mr. Snyder uh, and the team are denying or disputing uh, the first of these videos, uh, these sort of you know what I'd call like lewd highlight videos from the cheerleader outtakes that yeah. show nudity. Um, now Dan Snyder in his comment yesterday suggested that the uh, the videos were inauthentic or fraudulent, uh, and that I mean that 
uh, that's absurd on a number of levels. Um, I, first off, we authenticated them. Um, they are absolutely footage from these calendar shoots shot by team employees. Um, to be clear, this is not like this couldn't have come from like somebody's cell phone who's just like hanging out on the beach in Aruba that year. Right. Um, it, these were closed sessions in which the only people with cameras were employed by by the Washington Redskins. Um, so then the other question is, okay, well, it could it have been uh, a rogue employee who then put together these videos and gave it to us and convinced us that it actually had been made, you know, by team executives. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's also not credible because we have spoken to five different employees, two of them on the record in 08 and 10, who have eyeballs on those videos being made uh, at team headquarters uh, at a minimum, at the order of the longtime broadcaster Larry Michael, um, two of them say that they were told Larry had asked for it on Dan Snyder's behalf. Okay, uh, and that's why I asked. I think people need to understand the thoroughness of the reporting. That's why I asked the question, uh, and right. and and that's exactly the answer I thought we were going to get. Uh, which then brings us now. Obviously, I believe Larry Michaels denied this. Correct. Larry has denied it, um, and you know I I, I got to take him his word there. Um, but I have, you know, I have, I have one guy denying it. I have two other guys who are witnessed uh, by a person on the record denying any knowledge of it, and then I have three people who, including one who made the video in ten, uh, saying that that Larry ordered it up. Uh, and you know, to be clear, these these people we're talking to, they they didn't want to talk to us, with the exception. I mean, even the person who gave us the videos didn't want to talk to us. That person wanted to give us the videos and then be done with it. Right. Um, but, I mean, particularly the, the the gentleman on the record, Brad Baker, and then the person who made the 10 video, the, the 2010 video, they did not want to talk to us. They did not want to admit any role or knowledge of these videos, and it was a, it was a, a begging, pleading process for us to draw that information out of them. So... You know, the idea that this is a story that was a planted or a hit job, oh, I think, no. is that, yeah, um, uh, this is it's not the case. No, this is called follow-up reporting. All right, you know, that I mean, you're on to something here. That's why I, that's why we're asking. Uh, right. And this is, this is, um, it's interesting is that the people are, are like, they don't want to, they didn't want to get into it. Did they not want to get into it because they were, they feared for something? Did they not want to get into it because they're embarrassed? Did they not want to get into it because look, I don't work there anymore. Just leave me alone. I mean, I think it's a combination of of all three. I mean, there's there's a fear, certainly a fear of of Dan Snyder and and you know the, the team retaliating in some way. Um, you know, for the guys who were in, you know for for the 2010 uh, employee who is involved in the production of this video, I mean, there are, um, yeah, I mean, that, that person's embarrassed. <laughs> right. person, and then, uh, and right. that, that could have professional ramifications for what they're doing now. Oh, you did that, did you? Right, yeah. I mean, that, that you know, th these are people don't, you know, they're, they're embarrassed that they were involved in the production of these videos. Uh, they're embarrassed they didn't speak out then. And, um, you know, candidly, I mean, there's potentially some civil or criminal exposure here to the people who are involved in the production of these videos. So there's there's that to be concerned about as well. All right. Uh, now, Snyder has denied all of this, correct? 
he has offered kind of a bewildering statement that <laughs> it, it denies. It, it's like I take it, I take full responsibility for the culture of my workplace, which needs to be improved, but I just deny the stuff specific to me. And but then he but then he called the story a hit job, which I mean a good. Sixty to seventy percent of the story is is about other stuff. Well, I would say seventy, but I mean, you know, there's a whole section of the story about uh, an HR department ignoring complaints of sexual harassment, and I mean, that's that's not Dan Snyder; it's his CFO. Sure. Um, but um, but then the really strange series of events yesterday is that we have Dan Snyder's PR firm and lawyer telling us we're not going to comment on the record for this story. We we have decided we are just not going to engage. Go ahead, do what you want. Okay, so we published the story. It's got a it's got a no comment from a minute. Published at like 10 a.m. 3:30 p.m. Dan releases a statement via Adam Schefter that essentially I think is what they were going to give us. Uh, so we incorporated it in the story. So I, that I'm not quite sure what that strategy bought them, other than six hours of the story on the internet with no comment from them. Right. But then the really weird thing is the team puts out a statement that is tonally much different than the statement Dan <laughs> yeah. put out. Yeah. Um, and and the team does Absolutely. not in any way deny. It. Uh, so you got you got Dan. The words from Dan Snyder's new team president are fundamentally different in tone uh, and and comment or in content than the the, the, the comments that Dan and, and uh, that Dan put out. Um, so I'm you know I think we're all kind of a little confused as what's going on there right now. Uh, and I'm going to assume there's been no comment from the NFL. The NFL put out a statement yesterday, um, you know, condemning uh, condemning the alleged behavior in the story. But I mean, they're content to permit uh, an in, in, quote unquote independent investigation, overseen by the team and Dan Snyder, to uh, examine these allegations. And that, you know, that's a sticking point with a lot of these women uh, that we're talking to is that, you know, there's a great degree of skepticism that a law firm that ultimately answers to Dan Snyder and Washington's NFL team is going to take a thorough look at his conduct and, you know, his role in this culture that they're investigating. Uh, uh, Are they any closer to a nickname? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you know, I, I have not been reporting down that path. I know but, you haven't. I know you haven't. Will I just thought I'd do it for the for the, yeah. the fun of it. Uh, what's the next step for you uh, in in looking into this? Is there a, is there another step, or I mean, because you've obviously you have vetted this as much as any reporter can vet it. Okay, so mm-hmm. a great professional respect for what you've done here. Is there Thank any you. other pathway that you're looking at right now? I mean, there are certainly other other tips that we're following up, and that, you know, we'll you know report out and see if they have merit. Um, and then, with regard to these videos, you know, there there are lawyers involved who are going to make an issue of who was actually involved in the production, and you know, it, to the extent there was distribution distribution of this stuff. So, um, can I ask you, you something? Know, so that, well, who has seen the video? Who has seen it? Who had? Uh, Outside of the people who, who made it? Yeah, outside of the people who made it. Has has anybody at the Post seen it? Has somebody independent seen it? Who's seen it? Uh, my Myself and my three colleagues on the story have, have seen these videos, uh, you know, and our editors uh, have seen the videos, so, you know, just so they know that they right. exist and it's not something that we've cooked up. 
Um, and then, you know, we showed the videos to a few cheerleaders who were on uh, these videos and, and, the, and their attorneys. Um, and that was a sticking point with the team as well. You know, we offered repeatedly to meet with team officials anywhere, you know, set the time, and we would, we would bring our laptops and let them see these things so that they know they're real. Uh, but they wanted to physically possess the files, and they would not do anything short of, you know, we want the actual video files, the hard copies. And, you know, that was a non-starter for us because we felt that there was real risk that they could use that to figure out who our source was. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and the other part, too, probably probably seeing the video probably reinforced how hard you had to keep pushing on the story. You know, so. Yeah, and but, you know, for these... Um, you know, for these cheerleaders, it was it was emotional. They, they you know they yeah. felt they felt violated. They they didn't think they knew the cameras were rolling, but they didn't think that any of the footage that caught you know moments of nudity was right. ever going to go anywhere. But uh, right. you know, delete. Great reporting on your part, and uh, and your colleagues. Uh, appreciate it very much. It is not the easiest thing in the face of the earth to do. You're like, oh, I got to do this? Okay. Well, guess what? You do it like a pro, and you took care of it like a pro. Thank you so much for the time you gave us today, Will. Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ah, what does one do with Washington? <laughs> Good interview. Well, I thought, Will, here's one of the important elements of that story. How well sourced it is, especially when you have people that are really uncomfortable wanting to talk about it. And, you know, and as I use the example in the interview, say for example, you never wanted to talk about it, but you did have a connection to it, and you have a job right now, and it never came up in your job before, and now all of a sudden this comes up. Now you have to explain it. So that's where, as a reporter, you run into those roadblocks, the people that don't want to talk, and some of them have personally their own reasons as to why they don't want to talk. So you have to keep digging and digging and get a couple of sources that will talk. And that's what they've been able to do. Also, when it's come to when it's been with other issues, other issues, people have frowned upon Dan Snyder, but you haven't been able to connect Dan Snyder. There's always been some people say, "Get rid of him." Okay, for what? Incompetence. He owns the team. You have to actually have something, as in the case of the NBA with Donald Sterling, where you can force him out. Well, at at the moment, now we'll see what happens with this. You don't have that. There's an old movie, not that old, but Independence Day. Will Smith, 
And the president is taken to, excuse me, the president is being told about Area 51 and about aliens. He goes, nice, sir. He says, whatever you've heard about that. He says, not true. He says, please, it just doesn't exist. And the Secretary of Defense looks over and says, well, sir, that's not exactly true. He <laughs> says, well, what, what, what part's that? He goes, well, he says, well, why didn't I know about this? He says, well, plausible deniability. <laughs> Which then brings you to this. People in that kind of power base usually put themselves and are insulated in many ways, which allows for plausible deniability. And so far when it comes to him, there's been nothing that links him directly with anything. All the stuff that happened in the office, he's not directly linked to it. You know, when you're spending a lot of time in your yacht, which he does, that's not a joke, you're not in the office. Now this, we'll see if there's any connection, direct connection with this. But it is a problem. I'm sure the league's not exactly jumping up and down with every single Washington story that comes out. We can't even refer to them by a nickname. Because they don't have one. When you look at a list of uh, NFL teams, I saw this online the other day. Said something like Steelers, Eagles, football team, Vikings. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. And that's where, you know, that's where it is. Ah. <sighs> Boy. But that was, uh, I gave him, I, you know, first of all, Will answered every question, right? He really did. That's why at one point I looked over and said, hey, uh, by the way, let's uh, talk about the nickname. He started laughing. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a little easier to talk about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, more to come. Uh, looks like the NHL is not going to play tonight. The Phillies and Nationals are not going to play tonight. I know uh, Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley, uh, the topic was broached to them about maybe missing an NFL game. Nothing has been decided there. The opener for the NFL is two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight when Kansas City takes on Houston. In fact, uh, John McClain, Houston Chronicle, is going to join us tomorrow. 
And we're going to talk to him about how well John Reed's doing, give us a preview of that game. Which is now two weeks. How about that. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Car sales across the country are up. There's a reason. There are great deals to be had. And that includes Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, We've talked uh, with Dennis Chambers about the NBA. We have talked with Will Hobson about the Washington football videos. (laughs) As as only we can. Yeah. (sighs) Just for the heck of it. One of these days... Just for the heck of it, it really would not hurt my feelings at all if we took two hours and talked about sports. I realize there are issues in the country. We have to deal with it. There are issues. I mean, look, I've dealt with all of it, okay? I've dealt with everything. All right? My goodness, the first year we were doing this show, we had to deal with... Sandusky and sanctions and NCAA and 5,000 things. So, yeah, I know there are really important issues out there. I got it. Believe me, everybody has their own issues in life. Okay? You want to know about people who have their have issues in life? Okay? Why don't you take a trip over to Geisinger and Ronald McDonald House? All right? There are people going through hell. Okay? And I know because I've stood in those shoes. So just for the heck of it, someday maybe we'll talk sports on the show again. But that's not the topic that's going on right now. And let's get to the uh, the eight Nebraska players that have sued the Big Ten. Um, now, what you know, what the, can they do? I, I I don't know what comes of this. I mean, do they get? I was on Sirius XM. Was it yesterday? I guess it was yesterday. And they asked about the parents, the United Parents letter to the conference, and what did they expect to get out of this? Number one, 
they just want transparency. They want to know what the, who, what the decision was and why was it made. Now, can parents successfully sue a conference to release records? Answer is probably not. Um, the parents have sent letters. Now the players are doing it. There's eight players at Nebraska that are doing this. Um, and this is it's it's been amazing the frustration at Nebraska. It's been frustrating everywhere, but it seems like more so there. They've been more vocal about it. Now, maybe they've been more vocal about it because every person within the organization, from the president, chancellor, to the athletic director, to the head football coach, have also been very vocal about it. It's not, believe me, it's not like Penn State hasn't. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, Sandy Barber wanted them to play. She fought for them to play. James Franklin fought for them to play. And they both said that along the way, Dr. Barron felt the same way. But for some reason, Nebraska's been very vocal about this. Parents have been vocal about it. Um, the athletic director's been vo- uh, vocal about it. Now the players, and eight of them, have come together in a lawsuit. Is it going to accomplish anything? Probably not. The um, I wouldn't doubt they're the last school to do this, though. You may get, you may get. Um, several other players at other schools to do the same thing. We're going to have Nate Bauer on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk about the sourcing he has done on what would be an eight-game Big Ten plan. According to his sourcing, and Nate's going to join us on the show tomorrow to talk about this. According to what he's getting, it would be eight games starting right around January 7th or 8th. There'd be one bye week. The Big Ten Championship game would be in the Rose Bowl uh, on the second weekend of March. That's when it would take place. Now the question is whether, you know, how it works. Now the 12 hours a week you hear about, 12 hours a week goes between now and October 4th. In those 12 hours, you are allowed strength and conditioning, meetings, and five hours of on-field work per week instead of one day off per week, which is what you get in season, they have to take two days off in the week. And that's what they're allowed to do. After October 4th, I don't know what they're allowed to do. They haven't told me yet. 
for James Franklin, this is obviously... He has to organize everything all the time. He's probably never had to do more organization. Same thing with any football coach. In his life, working around all this. In his life. But if anybody can get it done and get it organized the right way, it's him. I can tell you that for sure. Of course, the NBA now says they're going to play. When they're going to start up, it's probably going to be tomorrow, I would guess. I understand the anger, but the one element you don't want to lose is a wide-ranging forum. This doesn't apply to LeBron James. doesn't apply probably to Steph Curry. But the um, many of the players in the league are obviously terrific players, but they aren't known by the masses. The problem is some of them think they are. They aren't. So having the forum that they have right now in Orlando with a captive media audience, to me, is their, quote, best way moving forward to get their message out. That's all I've talked about. Um, and that's the only that's that'd be the only reason I look at them and say, hey, look, my opinion is you should play. Here's the reason why. Because I think once you decide not to do it, first of all, I heard Ramona Shelburne and Mike Greenberg talking about this earlier today. Oh, how shocked they were at what happened yesterday. Are any of you shocked? I want to ask everybody out there, do you get shocked by anything in the news anymore? I mean, think about it. Does anything happen that you sit back and go, whoa? Do you get shocked by anything anymore? Nothing really surprises me. Now, on a personal basis, certain things happen. I'm just talking about Geisinger. For example, I just talked about that moments ago in Ronald McDonald House. Okay? Every single one of those parents have been shocked to the core because now they have to deal with something awful. I mean, shocked to the core. Now, that shock, players not playing a game, they're boycotting. You know, it's the, oh, well, what's going on here? It's lost all its shock value. That's why I said, look, not playing, people will sit there and go, eh, okay, you're not going to play. And that is the reaction you're going to get. Now, if you have the ability to go out there every day and talk about it, where you have a media that will air it or write about it, because you have the forum surrounding a game 
then I think you have a chance to be more effective. Now, the Dodgers and Giants did not play last night. They are playing today. The Dodgers lead the Giants 1-0 into 2. Pirates and the Cardinals are 1-1 in the 6th. It's a 7-inning game because it's a doubleheader. Seattle leads San Diego 3-1 at the end of 5. Seattle and San Diego did not play last night. So, see, they're back playing today. In fact, the Dodgers and Giants are playing a doubleheader. I think Seattle and San Diego are, too. The Phillies game tonight, my understanding is the Phillies are not playing tonight. And the A's and Rangers are not playing tonight. But everybody else is. I think what happened... um, is when the NBA players said that they would come back and start playing, I think that opened the door for everybody else. Now, the NHL's not playing tonight. But if you notice during the discussion of all of this, I have not talked about much about the incident. I haven't talked about the police. And believe me, being a police officer is not easy. Every single incident you go to you go in blind. Just think about a, let's just pick something, a domestic dispute. Well, this person's yelling, this person's yelling, and you're walking in, you don't know what, you're trying to figure out what the heck happened. Tempers flare, people are mad at you. It's not easy. Shooting seven someone seven times makes you sit back and go, whoa. Especially in this time, in this era, the way things have gone the last few months. When James Franklin, for example, has a player staff meeting, part of that player meeting on a Sunday after a game, you know, deals with what they did, the pluses, hey, a couple things we need to clean up, whatever. But he also puts up examples on the board of what's happening at other universities. Um, frat party involving some players at pick a place, Washington State, uh, a DUI of a player, say, at Arizona State. Now, they'll have three or four examples of that. Or somebody misusing social media. And he puts them up there for a reason and tells them, don't be that person. Don't think you're going to sit there and get away with it. The world is always watching. Don't be the headline that they're. Don't be the headline that they're using in somebody else's team meeting. He's trying to teach examples. He's trying to teach lessons through examples of mistakes others have made. The way things have gone right now, you would hope that police departments put up examples of this, even though they're in a really tough spot. They're in a really tough spot. And the vast majority of police, the vast majority, are incredible. They just care about serving. Like any organization. How many times have we heard in football, hey, I got 125 players, they're not all angels. Well,
but believe me, the vast majority of police do a great job and really care. Are there some that, like in any cross-section, you go, oh boy. We just hope that all this can settle down and people make the right decisions. All right, take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, two Philadelphia notes for you. Number one, the Phillies will not play tonight, and it's their decision. Okay, this decision was not made in concert with the Washington Nationals. So the Phillies on their own decided not to play tonight. Next up, being reported in Philadelphia that to start the season at the link, there will be no fans at Eagles games. So those are two elements there. I also just to saw throw in, that the Steelers and Pitt have also said no fans when their seasons start. I think a lot of this goes with the governor's guidelines. Yep. Now the governor's guidelines say more, no more than 250 at this point. Well, you can't have fans if you're not going to allow more than 250 because the 250 includes the players, coaches, Staff, referees, chain gang, whole deal. Broadcasters? <laughs> uh, actually, actually, that okay. doesn't count. I don't think that counts in the 250, Chad, because you're in, you're in a separate building. That's true. In a separate you're, you're room. At, yeah, you're inside. Because you are inside, that's different as opposed to outside. You're not in the stands. Uh... And at least I, I think that's how it's viewed. I mean, who knows? I mean, this, you, you never know these days. I'm taking it from a common sense point of view, I guess. The um, Phillies, Nationals, A's, Rangers, Twins, Tigers all off tonight. Uh, NHL off tonight. NBA off tonight. WNBA off tonight as well. Uh, there are actually games being played. Tomorrow we're going to talk about what a spring semester could look like football-wise in the Big Ten. Nate Bauer, along with Ryan Snyder, co-wrote a story for Blue White Illustrated talking about what their sources are telling them is an eight-game season that would begin the first week of January, around January 7 or 8, and could end as early as the second weekend in March. That would be one bye week. We'll talk to Nate about that story coming up tomorrow. 
looking forward to that because I think that a lot of people are interested to know what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. Here's, a, here's another point I want to make quickly about that. There are a lot of people making an assumption that, well, if you're going to be drafted, don't play. On the surface, logical assumption. Now let's take it another level. Think it through. If you're probably a first-round pick, okay, I can see this. But what's going to happen in the fall if the ACC, the SEC, the American, and the Big 12, and the Sun Belt are all playing? This is what could happen. Uh, You could get passed out. In other words, instead of being the, let's pick one, the eighth-rated defensive end in the country, suddenly you might find yourself at 21 or 22 because you didn't play. And other people were playing and improved their draft stock. So now the door is open. Well, okay, I can play. And there, there are several guys that may end up playing in a spring semester because guess what? In the process of not playing in the fall, they get passed out in the draft list. And they need to reinforce where they should be. That's a part of this, too. 